Ron Ananian. I am here to talk to you about the passion of auto repair. I got to experience it again this week, and I kind of forgot that I had it. Every time I, it sneaks around and catches me by surprise, that, that passion of repair just opened my eyes. Everybody, I know needs some passion. Some people dying kill for passion. The Car Doctor. Now, when you say blew a hole, like you heard a physical backfire, kaboom, and something fell off? Yeah, so, it went boom, and there's a hole in the... Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Sometimes it's old repairs and the same procedure. It just never changes. Hello and welcome. Ron and and the car doctor here. 855-560-9900 is the phone number. That's 855-560-9900. Give us a call. Let us uh, talk to you about your car problem. We can help you solve it and uh, get to a conclusion about what it is you need to do to get that vehicle in tip-top running shape because uh, old man winter is bearing down upon us in many parts of the country, and um, now's as good a time as ever to make sure your car is in good operating order. If you're looking for more information about this radio show, it's out on the web, cardoctorshow.com. Vis-a-vis, you can find more information also uh, regarding affiliates at tunein.com, down on the lower left side of the screen, iHeartRadio, iTunes Radio, if you need me during the week, ron at cardoctorshow.com. But by all means, let's talk today if you get a chance, and uh, we can help solve your car problem. Every once in a while in a repair shop, you kind of have to go through housekeeping, and we're no different than anybody else. I've been cleaning up a lot of the older tools lately in that you start to look back and you think, well, let's see, I've still got scan tools out that will service 81 through 94 automobiles, and that's just about, well, more than 25 years ago on average. And you say, ah, let me just put some of this stuff away. I'm not going to keep it out on display or Real handy, because how often have I used it? I couldn't remember the last time I started using some of the scoot tools and the breakout boxes and some of the wiring harness kits, some of the things we needed for cars of that generation. Went out, got some storage bins, magic market, everything, nice, nice, put it in the bins, put it up on the top shelf, said, hey, thanks, I appreciated working with you guys. It was great technology and much, much simpler than today. And I thought, well, that was the last of it. The next day... Not a week later, not a month later, the next day, 91 F-250 comes rolling in. Just finished putting away the exact tools I needed to work on this truck. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in, as the saying goes. Lifted the hood, shiny new parts, check engine light on. And I knew nobody had ever used the scan tool because the scan tool connector, which on this particular truck was under the hood, was corroded and wedged underneath a pile of wiring harness somebody had placed there, and it's 26 years of use. So they were diagnosing from the hip, just using the shotgun, just trying to guess and think, well, maybe it's this and maybe it's that. Fortunately for them, or maybe not fortunately for the owner, nobody was right. There was actually two problems the scan tool told me about, one of which was a bad new part. New means never, ever worked. And replaced the throttle position sensor, got rid of that fault code, and was about to deal with the oxygen sensor fault when the owner instructed me that one of his guys is a roofer. One of his guys will take care of it, and I don't have to deal with it. And I said, okay, simply because the oxygen sensor, which is a seven-eighths of an inch hex, 
the oxygen sensor wrench spun around on that worn O2. It was so weathered and beat up that um, it was just going to take a lot more than a wrench, and it was in a real bad spot between the two lower exhaust pipes. Just glad not to have to deal with it to a point. And it made me think, you know what? Old repairs, same procedure, nothing changes. You fast forward to a car of today, you go through the same thing. It seems that nobody wants to diagnose anything. Everybody wants to take shortcuts because everybody has got a better answer. You know what the best answer is? Diagnose, diagnose, diagnose. The first three rules of an auto repair on how to properly start it. Hello and welcome. Ron Anini and the Car Doctor here, 855-560-9900. Here to take your calls, answer your questions. There is a full slate this hour and next, Fast Harry has got everybody warming up in the bullpen. Let's go ask uh, Fast Harry. Harry, who is uh, my first call today? Well, Ron, our first call today is Jim in Springfield, Illinois. He has an 03 F-150, and I think he has a question on everybody's mind, winter winter maintenance and synthetic oils. Thanks, Harry. Good job, FH. Let's go over and talk to Jim. Jim, you're on with the car doctor. How can I help? Hi, Ron. I enjoy listening to your show, and I was just thinking about what should I do with my truck. Uh, I don't use it a whole lot, uh, and uh, I get regular oil changed with synthetic. I've replaced the brakes, and that's about it. Uh, I haven't replaced anything else as far as filters and, you know, that kind of thing. Do you, so, do you, do you plow with it all, Jim, or is it just is it a uh, just everyday transportation type of vehicle? Just, just everyday transportation. Okay. I haul mulch every once in a while, that kind of thing. Uh, manual trans or automatic? Automatic, and it's the V6. Okay. I'm going to tell you, if it hasn't been done in any sort of timetable, if it's just been oil changes, wintertime, and I always explain it like this, wintertime is a great time to start doing maintenance. If you break down in the summer, it's it's you know sitting in a beach chair by the side of the road waiting for the tow truck to show up. You know, if you're good, you got a little hibachi, you got a hot dog thing going, you're good. Truck breaks down in the middle of winter, it's too cold. (laughs) There's no way you're getting a suntan, and you're never going to get the grill to fire up. So you want to avoid that. If they haven't been done, the fluids that I can rattle off the top of my head, which you can probably guess is going to be coolant, trans, brake fluid. You've been doing oil changes. The truck is 12 years old. I would look at belts and hoses. At the very least, consider doing upper and lower radiator hoses. Consider replacing the belt if it's original. I would even tell you to take a look at the radiator cap. Uh, You know, a radiator cap is in my top ten list of, it's like my Rodney Dangerfield list of things in auto repair. They get the least amount of respect. And a, a radiator cap is so critical in terms of what it does and how it helps keep that vehicle operating. By the time it fails, there's already a problem somewhere in the cooling system that caused more damage. So a radiator cap. You can read more about radiator caps and what they do out at Stant. Get out to Stant.com and feel free to okay. pick one up because Stant makes a great OE replacement radiator cap. Um, let's... I, I did replace the battery. I got okay. it interstate. Okay, fine. Now. Uh, sure. Somebody was telling me, you know, if you don't use it that much, disconnect the negative terminal. But I don't know if well, I want to do that. Or... You know, that's okay, but then how often is not enough? And then, you know, I have a problem with that, too, because you can see issues where the onboard computer will lose memory, and then it takes a while to relearn. And if for conversation's sake, the battery was disconnected for two months or a month, and then you connected it and you drove it for three days, by the time it learned whatever your driving habits are for that moment, Jim, 
Yeah. You know, you disconnect the battery, it has to learn all over again. The vehicle never really is in optimal running condition. So okay. I'd rather say no to that. I'd rather see you do something along the lines of if it's going to sit, does it sit outside? Is it an, is, is it an outdoor storage kind of vehicle? Yes. Um, they make solar-powered battery chargers. Kind of a okay. neat idea. It's just uh, there's a bunch of them out on the web. You can just hook up a – it's a small solar panel, no bigger than an iPad, and it would just have two battery clips, positive and a negative. It would just clip to the battery terminals itself on the battery, and it'll just trickle-charge the battery and keep it alive. If, okay. if if you wanted to move the vehicle indoors, you know, I've seen people get creative where they'll mount the solar panel on the side of the garage or the house, the building, et cetera, and then just cut the harness and make it a little longer and just allow it to reach inside to wherever they're keeping the car, put the two clips on it, and you're done. Um, you know, it's just I'd rather see the battery get stirred every once in a while for a lot okay. of reasons um, than okay. just letting it sit there and sulfate. Naturally, brake fluid, you said you did brakes. Naturally, brake fluid is a great thing to be doing. Um, if you do let it sit, we are going into winter. Uh, you might want to overinflate the tires by a couple of pounds just so they don't, you know, leak out or seep out. And yeah. and then you've got to think about fuel system. It's always best in this day and age store a vehicle with a full, full tank of fuel. All yeah, right. I I like to do that myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, last but not least. You know, it's 12 years old. It's only got 32,000 miles on it. You're not even doing 4,000 miles a year. Uh, a good time to think about carbon deposits and to do a carbon cleaning. And one of the simplest things you can do right now is pick yourself up one of the Fuel Pro System Complete carbon cleaning kits. Uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts has them. You could read more from the folks over there at MotorMedic, MotorMedic.com, I believe it is. And you, they just talk about how simple and easy it is to do cleaning carbon deposits off of engines, uh, going in through an intake hose, uh, going in through a vacuum hose, and, uh, and 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 resolving that. All those things, fluids, filters, normal maintenance, rubber products. You got to think in terms of age. Uh, are all the things that are going to get that truck, and uh, you know a little bit of TLC, and you'll probably be driving it another twelve years. All right, sir. Well, thank you very much. And uh, I, I do have one other question sure, not related to the truck, yeah, go ahead. if that's okay. No, sure, go ahead, real quick. Okay. Uh, I, I'm sort of looking at uh, a used uh, Jaguar, but I don't know. I sort of like the looks of an XK8, but I don't know how, you know, dependable, reliable uh, a car like that is. What, so, year, what year is that car, Jim? Uh well, I I don't have anything in mind yet as far as a year. I was thinking about spending maybe twenty thousand or something. Right, and uh, I don't know, you know, what you can get. Uh, I look like on the internet, and there's a bunch on the East Coast, West Coast, and then right. St. Louis and Chicago. But uh, here's the first. I was going to try to find maybe somebody in town that might be able to get a hold of something. But well, here's the. First, I, I was just wondering the, what your opinion is of Jaguar. I know a long time ago they had problem with electrics, but I think they're okay now. That well, here's the first question. The first question is who's going to work on it, and if if you can't find a local guy that's going to work on it, that becomes an issue. The older the car, the more TLC and the more of a loving touch it's going to need. 
So that's the first question you've got to resolve. Anything along the lines of Jaguar, Audi, VW, well, nobody's buying VWs anymore, BMW, uh, Mercedes, et cetera. Uh, you know, a little bit more of a um, uh, a TLC, loving touch kind of a vehicle as the older they get. Uh, after that perspective, yeah, listen, they're okay. You're right. They have gotten better. Cars in general have gotten better, but it still takes somebody to work on them. And working on that Jaguar is entirely different than working on that F-150 that you have. So consider who's going to work on it first, who can work on it first. Go talk to them and find out what some of the average repairs are for whatever model you finally decide on, and that'll help you determine just what exactly it is you're going to buy. Jim, I appreciate the call. If I can do anything else for you, you know, drop me a line, Ron, at cardoctorshow.com. When we come back from the break, I'll verify that web address for Motomedic. So if you want to uh, stick around for that, we'll uh, be sure to get that up on air. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. We are back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Nini and the Car Doctor on his own highway here as we roll along this hour at 855-560-9900. I should point out that is the Car Doctor's 24-7 toll-free number. If you're looking for us during the week or if you're listening on an affiliate that takes us on a delayed broadcast, this radio show is live Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 855-560-9900 has an answering service attached to it. Leave a message, and our executive producer, Fast Harry, will call you back and hook you up and get you in queue. Let's turn to Harry and see who's up next. Harry, who do we have next on the Car Doctor Hotline? Ron, just so you know and so our listeners know, uh, for Motormatic, the website is fuelprocomplete.com. Okay, cool Just beans. so you know that, right? Yep. And speaking of pros and professionals, uh, our next caller, Rick, from Omaha, Nebraska, how about this? A family man, six kids, five cars, and wants to talk about DIY fuel cleaner install. I'm surprised this guy has the energy to come on the air. That's what so, I say. Rick, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Hey, thanks so much for taking my call around. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate your show. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, five kids and six cars. Five kids and six cars. Well, you know, it's uh, you're still got to be a tired guy. That's, that, that's a big herd to run uh, on top of and keep track of, I'm sure. Yeah, what we're trying to do, uh, just a couple of preventive maintenance questions. Uh, my cars have between 100,000 and 230,000 miles. I like to see 300,000 on all of them. So on the Fuel Pro do-it-yourself kit, once I do that on all the cars, how often should I repeat? How often do you drive them? How much do you drive them, Rick? About 10,000 miles a year. You know, then you want to do it once a year. Once a year, okay. once a year, and it's not so much it's not so much the ten thousand mile mark, but it's an annual thing. You know, the the hardest part is once you get it done the first time. Once you do it the first time, you know, and you're you're getting rid of all the old contaminant. It's the idea of an annual checkup, doing it on a regular basis. You don't want to let it get to the point where the carbon forms. You want to keep it away from forming at all. And that's that's the true benefit. In your case, you'll notice a big difference, or you'll notice a bigger difference now when you do it than, let's say, in a year because it's already been cleaned. If you follow what I'm saying, it'll sure, it, sure. it's. And the idea is that you know cleaning the using using a product like Fuel Pro Complete and cleaning the fuel system doesn't just help you today; it helps you down the road because it's the idea that lack of carbon, the valves seal better. 
uh, more fuel is being put into the into the engine to be burned, so it's a more complete, uh, more efficient combustion process, if I can say it like that. And you'll see the benefits, obviously, in better fuel economy and better performance. And as you say, um, it, you know, you want to see 300,000 miles out of the car, it helps you along that path. Remember, the biggest problem with cars is we shut them off. If if you started driving a car from the East Coast to the West Coast and back, and you did that on a continuous basis, at one steady mileage, at one steady load, at one steady temperature, the the engines would last longer, the oil changes would last longer, and the vehicles themselves would would be able to deal with a lot more things on a bigger basis. But they're not. It's stop and go. It's weather extremes. It's it's start and stop. It's sitting for short periods, sitting for long periods. All of that is what really affects a vehicle and um, shortens its life, for lack of a better way to put it. Was there another part of the question? Yeah, there was a second question. Is, uh, do you have anything you recommend when I have my oil changed? Do you have any kind of uh, product that you use to uh, clean out the engine? Uh, the best thing I like to do if I'm going to do an oil change and I'm worried about varnish and contaminant, believe it or not, the best thing I like to do is if it's a five-quart system, a half a, yeah. a half a quart or a pint of automatic trans fluid, and I'll run really? a quart of yeah a quart of automatic trans fluid is the most is the highest detergent fluid that we've ever seen, and it will it, you know in the old days back when geez I was a kid working on cars when we did rings in the bay that's how far back this goes when you would pull pistons out in the block and just do a uh, take a dingleberry hone and break the glaze and put fresh rings in you would wash the cylinder walls first with trans fluid and then with soap and water. And the grit and the contaminant that came off the cylinder block walls from the trans fluid, it would turn the white shop towels black. So it's just a very high, extremely detergent type of oil, if you want to think of it in those terms. So transfer that to the engine. It'll break down the varnish. It'll break down the sludge. Now, I'm not saying drive the car. You can if you want, but probably the most effective way is let the car run, get hot, pour in a half a quart of trans fluid, and let it sit there and idle for another 20 minutes to an hour. And when it's finally, you're, you're close to the end of that time period, shut it off and let it drain for or till it stops dripping, okay, as long as you can. Fill it up with fresh oil. You'll see a dramatic difference. And just as important, be wary of the type of oil you're putting in it. Because the type of oil, as long as we're talking about maintenance, you might want to get out to Pennzoil. Check out MotorOilReimagined.com. See what they've got to say. They've got some of the best synthetics on the market, as obviously oil is very, very important in today's cars. I appreciate the call. Good luck to you and the kids, Rick. I'm running any in the car, Doctor. We're back right after this. Ron and Andy and the car doctor back. By the way, did anybody see the article in USA Today this past week? Once again, they got it wrong. They talk about how oil changes are being erroneously done at 3,000 miles and how cars can go so much longer than the uh, 3,000-mile oil change and how that's not a uh, not something you should be doing. I've got to tell you, the more I read this article, the more annoyed I got because... Once again, we've got people writing newspapers that don't fix cars for a living that see what really happens to a vehicle telling you how to maintain it. I'd like to see what they're driving. Probably all lease vehicles are using Uber. Let's get over and get back to the phones. Harry, who do we have up first on the Car Doctor Hotline this hour? Ron, on line one, we have Agnes from Staten Island, New York. Perfect. Let's go over to talk to Agnes. Agnes, you're on with Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. How can I help? 
Oh, hi. I'm so grateful for your help today. Uh, I have a question regarding a battery tender, I believe they call it. Okay. Uh, where you plug it into the electricity on your um, cigarette lighter. Sure. For, and, and leave it for the winter. Is that a, is a safe option, or is there anything better that you would suggest? What kind of a car is it, Agnes? It's a, a Camry, a, a Toyota Camry. That's um, an old one. It's 2001. And... Um, if you don't use it frequently, the battery will need uh, charging right. or replacing. And I, I think in that's the winter, fu- In the winter, I don't get to it that often. Okay. I think that's fine. I would just tell you, instead of going through the cigarette lighter, I prefer to see where it, you know, they also have the alligator clips that connect right onto the battery. Oh, okay. A- and I would prefer that. I would prefer a direct connection, partly because sometimes cigarette lighters aren't as reliable as okay. as the direct connection, so you're thinking that the battery is going to be kept charged. Plus, if there's any issues between the cigarette lighter and the other side where it connects to the battery, the tender can't read that, so it may affect how well it charges. I think going to the battery is a better option if we can take it. Okay. And, and if you don't have to check it frequently, there's no danger of fire? No. It, and, again, it's it's as good as the product. I would tell you to use something, uh, you know, obviously name brand or a better product. I wouldn't go for the cheapest, and I'm not saying right. you are. I'm just, you know, there are some out there that are advertised that I don't think do the job as well as others. I would tell you to make sure you do your due diligence and look at reviews and, you know, see what works and what doesn't work. As a matter of fact, Harry, how about we, uh, can we hook up? And do some reviews. I think we've gotten a couple of calls on this today alone and in the past few weeks. Right, how about really? we do? How about we do some reviews on um, on battery tenders and uh, things like that for maintaining batteries over the course of winter? Can you handle that this week and report back next week? So you know this, is- Harry. Can you oh, do hey, that? Ron. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'll check it out. Battery okay. tenders, no problem. Battery tenders. Yep. All right. Cool beans. Thank you. There you go, Agnes. I got my best man on it. We'll, oh, great. Uh, we'll thank, have a re- thank you. Thank you very, very much. You're Appreciate very welcome. It. We'll have a, we'll have a report for you next week. Harry, who do we have up next on the Ron, car doctor? We have uh, Bob from Phillipsburg, New Jersey. Wants to talk about historic plates on an older car. Uh oh. Well, let's see what we can let's see if we can convince him not to do this. Bob yeah. from Phillipsburg, New Jersey, a return caller. How are you today, Robert? What's going on? We're doing great. Uh, I am now the proud owner of a 1965 Volkswagen Beetle. Wow. All original, six volt. Uh, Bahama Blue, it even has original Becker uh, AM all transistorized radio in it, and this car is solid as it can be. And I even have all the documentation from the history of this car, and uh, and the nice part about it was given to me as a gift. Well, there you go. Sometimes that's the best part. You know, that radio won't, that radio probably doesn't even go up to AM 1700, the car doctor's New, New York affiliate. So we'll have to replace that. I, I think that. it still has little diamonds. Remember the days of, uh, you know, uh, you know, you used to see places where you would go for, you know, uh, uh, under, you know, ground in case we were attacked by nuclear bombs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But anyway, yeah, uh, the big question that I have is, is and I thought your 55 Chevy had regular uh, historic plates on it, but I'm wanting to see the restrictions of historic plates. I'm not a I'm not a historic plate guy if I don't have to. Um, there there are some restrictions, you know. And the answers I always got were wink, wink, nod, nod. The cops tend to look the other way. You know what? I don't need the cops to look at me for any reason. And right. if, if if it's an original vehicle and I can go through inspection, you know, I understand the additional cost involved. Uh, you know, but I'm just I'm just not a historic plate guy. I want to be able to take the car out and go where I want when I want. 
And okay. I, I, my understanding is on a on an QQ plate in New Jersey that it's if you're going to use it as an everyday vehicle, if you're going to be out during the week with it, depending upon where you're going and what you're doing, you're subject to harassment. And that's just oh. something I like to avoid. Now, yeah. Okay. You know, I, I would tell you, I would ask you, talk to your local, you know, talk to the cops, see what they have to say. But if the answer is by the book, they have the right to issue you a summons. Then to me, QQs are an excuse for getting away with something you're not supposed to be doing in the first place. Now, what do they do for inspection on a, a car that's 50 years old? Uh, in, in New Jersey, a legitimate inspection? Yeah. Right now, that car would get a tailpipe test. So oh, it, would, what? it would get a five-gas tailpipe test. Now, as long as we're having that conversation, probably, and I, I don't want to say this too definitively, but my suspicion is in the next two to three years, if New Jersey has their way, the change in the – if I was going to be a, a, a soothsayer here and fire up the crystal ball, I would tell you that in New Jersey, and I think other states are going to follow, because OBD2 cars are so clean – and so efficient in terms of operation, I believe we're going to see a shift in state inspection policies in New Jersey where when you drive through Easy Pass, that's going to become the inspection point. It's going to tie to the OBD2 connector with the Easy Pass technology. If you don't have Easy Pass, it'll go through a Bluetooth connection on your phone. If you don't have a cell phone, then they're going to mail you a, a device that will plug into the OBD2 port, and you can test it that way. Now, this is what I've heard more than once, and older cars, such as yours, anything pre-1995, simply yeah. simply won't get inspected. There aren't enough cars out there, as they say right now, that it matters in terms of clean air. How true is it, Bob? You know, how effective is it? I'm not going to open up that debate. That's not what I'm saying. I can only tell yeah. you what the, what the powers that be, the guys at the top are starting to think like, and Sometimes how the guys at the top think is scary, but we all know for those reasons. But uh, yeah, you know, yeah, that's... this is only forty horsepower, so it's not right. too bad. It's going to be my hot rod, right? It's going to be your hot rod. God bless, enjoy it. And I think, I, I, I think, okay. I, I think you're going to see a radical change to the inspection program. Was there a second part to the question, Bob? Well, it's just the idea that uh, you know, I think you talk me into it. I'm just going to put regular tags on it and drive it, and uh, let you do an oil change on it. And, you know, it's just, just use it like an everyday car because that's what it'll end up becoming. Yeah. So, all right, sir? Okay. I'll keep you posted. You're very welcome, sir. You take good care and uh, have yourself a good rest of the weekend. Yeah, QQs aren't always the best answer in terms of, uh, you know, how to go about dealing with it and, uh, you know, keeping that classic car out on the road. Quick piece of email. Hey, Ron, this comes to us from Roger. Uh, I've got a 2015 Hyundai Sonata, purchased it new in August 2014. It's currently got over 37,000 miles on it. Up until early October 2015, I was getting 37, 38 miles per gallon. Now it's more like 31 to 33, using 71 Phillips top-tier gasoline currently, and nothing has changed with the fuel. It's E10. I called the Hyundai dealer where I bought the car. They said something about winter blends of fuel are coming out, blah, blah, blah. That's what it says in the email. Our fuels have ethanol year-round. I asked Conoco, and they said... Same blend of fuel year-round. They said I was I probably needed a pressurized fuel system clean-out. Their recent service special, I received and advertised a fuel system clean-out. What do you think, Roger? Uh, Roger, first of all, um, if you're so inclined and you want to do a fuel system clean-out, get out to fuelprocomplete.com, pick yourself up after reading and watching the video, a 
Fuel Pro Complete Fuel System Cleaning Kit, something you can do through a vacuum line, works very well. The number one kit on the market currently in terms of reducing carbon and simple and easy to use for the do-it-yourselfer. I think a carbon cleaning can hurt, but I'd also want to know who did you ask at Conoco about their blend of fuel? My understanding, fuels change everywhere in this country, or it's, I think it's seven major regions. Uh, the majority of them, I think, eh, now nah, I'm going to take that back. I think it's seven major regions, and they all change on a, on a six-, seven-month basis that I don't know of any place in the country right now where fuel stays consistent as one blend. And my experience has been most cars will see a drop in fuel economy going into the winter months, primarily because of fuel composition, and it's just the way it is. I would. Did you ask the kid at the pumps at Conoco, or did you get that from an engineer on the inside? Where did you ask that question? The kid on the pumps, I don't know what he knows. The guy that designed the fuel, he's probably going to have the right answer. So that's a gray area. As far as the fuel system cleaning, get out the fuelprocomplete.com. See what that does for you, and uh, keep us posted. Write us back and uh, let us know what happens. Ron and Annie in the car, Doctor, 855-560-9900. We're back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Andy in the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. If you need me during the week, ron at cardoctorshow.com. More information about this radio show available at cardoctorshow.com. Let's get over and talk to Joe, Omaha, Nebraska, 2014 Ford Taurus. Joe, you're on with the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? Yeah, I've um, got a question. I've uh, been thinking about running ethanol, the E85 uh, brand, and I'm wondering what your thoughts is. Um, I know what the producers are saying, but how is that going to affect the way my is, car runs and keeping it clean? Is it an E85 vehicle, Joe? Yes, yes, it is. Okay. Yep, it's a 2000. I'm sorry, I got a two-part question. I was supposed to tell you that at the beginning. But, oh, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a 2014 Ford Taurus okay. um, all-wheel drive. Right. And uh, it's got the flex fuel on it. Then, you know, I don't see it as a problem. The vehicle's calibrated for E85. Will the performance be the same? Rather than just make a blanket statement and say, sure, yeah, it's rated for it, I tell everybody, drive it and see. Because I have had some experience and feedback where people will tell me their vehicle runs better on something other than E85. And I've had people tell me E85 works just as fine. They don't notice a difference, and they notice that they're saving money and it's more efficient. So I think everybody's experience is going to be different. I don't think you're going to hurt anything. I don't see where that's going to come into play because it is an E85 rated vehicle. Uh, you know, so I would I would just tell you to take that approach. Does that uh, ethanol keep keep the engine cleaner? Or? Well, it's the idea that um, the ethanol is a it's a different fuel is what it is now. Uh, yeah, there's conversation that because it's not a carbon-based or a hydrocarbon-based fuel that you're not going to have carbon deposits and have to deal with that. And that's one of the advantages of ethanol along with the idea that we're reducing our dependency, quote-unquote, on foreign oil. Does it work? Uh, yeah, I think it nips away at it. I think a lot of the things we're doing nips away at the uh, 
dependency on foreign oil. I think the electric cars help. I think the 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 hybrid cars help. I think E85 cars help. So, you know, listen, you've got it. You might as well try it. You're not going to hurt anything, and you might come out better okay. on the other side. So this, this is a car we plan to keep for quite a while. We we usually run the wheels off of them, and okay. I'm just wondering the longevity, you know, if, uh, have you heard much about the longevity of running this type of fuel, or is it still too new to still really too new to still too new to tell? And you know, one of the things I've noticed is, uh, you know, anytime I've got a new technology I'm dealing with, I always err on the side of caution. So if they're telling me to do something at mileage X, I always do it at mileage Y. I always do it a little early. Uh, you okay. know, if, if we're having a conversation about oil changes. I'm still going to tell you, you know, if it's if it's, and this is probably a synthetic or a synthetic blend vehicle, as a guess. Uh, have you changed? Uh, the, yeah, the dealer's been putting synthetic blend in it. Right. That's where I was going to ask you about the oil. Too. Right. Um, and I would just the, go right to a synthetic, Joe. I, I don't, you know, for the life of me, in all the oil executives I talk to, they tell me synthetic blend was put out there for a reason of economy. But it's it's more a case in my mind. By the time you're paying for a synthetic blend, just put a synthetic out there. And if you're interested in hanging on to this car as long as you can, just drive on over to MotorOilReimagined.com. You can read all about Penn's oil. We all know how good their synthetic stuff is, and uh, you know, take it from there. You might as well just start putting synthetic in it because there's no reason not to. Uh, you know, for the few extra for the few extra dollars you might spend in the course of a year. You'll see longevity out of the vehicle. Remember, cars today are made so that you do not want to have to go through and replace or repair things in the engine. You're better off spending more money now. You'll spend less money later. 855-560-9900. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Indian, the car doctor, winding things down this hour. By the way, has anybody, and if you saw the article in USA Today this week that talked about cheaper oil changes, I've got it in front of me. Um, they're, they're developing a system called Nexcel. Has anybody seen anything about this? Boys in the booth? No, they're shaking their head. No. Another oil manufacturer, a motor oil manufacturer, Castrol, division of BP, I guess we know how they're going to play for the cleanup in the Gulf is they're reinventing the wheel. They're coming out with a cartridge-style oil change system that will be incorporated in cars of the future, they claim, that will allow, like a cassette, you'll pop it into a holder, pop it out. You want to go in for an oil change, it's 90 seconds. Lift the hood, pop it out, pop a new one in, done. Makes for disposal and cleanup and, and a bunch of things that much better and easier. Will it work? I guess. Uh, what's the cost going to be to install it into a new car? And in my opinion, if it's not in every new car, you have to wonder how effective it's going to be. But believe me when I tell you, they're really starting to put the pressure on oil changes. They want you to be totally responsible for oil. It's 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 almost like they're blaming oil changes for every conceivable problem that can happen in the environment. It comes down to somebody didn't dispose of oil properly in 1952, and it's coming back to 
bite you in the you-know-what right now. Uh, so be aware. Uh, you know, go Google that term, Nexel, see what that's all about. And um, it's just very, very interesting. The article also goes on, as I said before, they're still perpetuating the myth that modern cars need an oil change every 3,000 miles. The reality is most modern cars can go much longer between changes. I disagree with that, okay? I think three to 4,000 miles on conventional oil. I think five, maybe six on synthetic. I think you've got to look at the quality of the filter. Make sure it's a good quality oil filter, a Wix filter, something to that level. But to not change oil where they recommend it, I think, is suicide. I'm Ron Annie and the Car Doctor. Till the next time, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.